0: this corner, we have the Afro-Latino, the cook with Eduardo, the new father, Jonathan Toonamathan. <laughs> On the other side, we have Bobby Stills, aka the man with no upper lip, aka your co-host of Grill How Long Steak, Mister. Five out with rest. Five out with rest. Thank you. Uh, I don't know about that, uh, that intro. That shit was weak. I don't, I don't know why boxing was in my head, but uh, yeah, this is episode sixty-five. Uh, we just recorded a couple of videos for uh, Instagram and Facebook Live. Uh, hopefully, you guys got to see uh, the outside of our studio. You have seen the inside of our studio, but uh, we are coming to you from Studio Two One Two in Seattle, Washington, on South Lake Union. We are a part of the Soundcasting Network, and once again, Johnny, who are we missing? Keith. Big Keith. Yeah, we've been kind of skipping around our days. Uh, we usually record on Mondays, but we are here well, in the he's studio. He's doing
1: Dine Around and stuff, too. So. That's right. It is Dine Around Seattle. Do they have Dine Around in other cities? They have to, right? Uh, I think it's a, it, they might have Dine Around. I know Restaurant Week is definitely a Seattle thing. but Yeah,
0: I know that we have covered Dine Around on previous episodes with Miss Hello Echo Hawk. Uh, what's I your des- feelings on Dine Around? I despise it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not think, a big fan of it, it either. It's, right. it's like they raised the price this year. So it's three courses
1: for $33. Yeah. It used to be $30. Yeah, it's just weird because it's like you have to lower the quality of your food in order to make any money.
0: Yeah, but I mean, and you're also getting like half portions. Yeah.
1: You're not getting the whole. So let's say if you
0: get a five ounce piece of meat, they're cut it down to like three ounces of meat. Yeah. and uh, And most of the time it is. It's subpar food. Basically, you pay for, like, getting
1: dessert at the end.
0: Yeah, but also they they but they but kind of let the cooks or the chef de partie um, or the sous kind of take over the menu. So it's a lot of extra work added on to people, you know, lower tier in the kitchen, uh, get more responsibility. But that workload is put on them on top of all the regular food that they have to serve. Exactly. So and it's more product cost of... I don't don't know
1: why people do it. But anyway, uh, work update. Jonathan. Uh, Still waiting on our door. It's kind of starting to get frustrating. Um, But it's been cool. We've done some private parties. Um, We did one for Ruth True, who is a local Seattle socialite. And um, it was really fun. She has a gorgeous house overlooking Lake Washington, um, Mercer Island, all that stuff. Uh, We did a little... um, past app and family style thing for them. And it was a lot of fun. Uh, We got a lot of uh, publicity and rep for that. Um, We are currently looking for people who want to do any uh, pop-ups or parties at June baby right now. So if you or anybody, you know, wants to have a 20 person plus party, um, you can contact our general manager, Susie um, at Susie s u z i at thirdpower.com. and yeah if you want to do any like a birthday party or just a get together in a nice local joint it's on um 65th and ravenna um yeah come check us out we'd love to have you guys and in the meantime you know not much is going on uh, yeah, but it's been nice doing, getting to work. You've got some one-on-one time with your chef, right? Yeah, we actually did another local event um, on the pier last night, and uh, it was just me, him, Susie, and chef's son, so it was pretty fun. Chef's son? How old is he? He's three. <laughs> <laughs> he had, like, a little baby knife? <laughs> yeah, he a was little... just helping out, you know, taste testing all the food. He eats caviar, you know, the the works. So What's up? Uh, did you eat anywhere? Yeah, uh, you know, I ate at um, St. Helen this week. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to bash on to it, but it just wasn't, you know, a memorable meal. Yeah, that happens, you yeah. know, give it another try. No, I. Re- this is my second time. That's what I thought. <laughs>
0: All right. Work update for me. I don't know. I've been working a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And I thought because I'd been working a lot, you know, I hurt my back or whatever, that I got this fat paycheck and then I was informed that they had overpaid me. (laughs) And I was like, oh, snap, look at my bank account. Whoop, whoop. And that's just all extra money from putting all that hard work. But no, they overpaid me. Uh, But I have talked to my ops manager and I pulled him aside and I said, hey, man, mercy. You know, uh, I give up and I'm going to stop trying to fight you and uh do you know i'm just trying to do things that i think will help out the kitchen word uh really what is it is is frustrating people because the, you know people get in such a routine at places and whenever you try to doesn't matter if you're hindering or helping they just don't like change yeah and so um they have made complaints about it, you know, because it's not the way they were taught. And I'm trying to teach them a new or a better way to do something. And then so people are getting, you know, frustrated. But he understands where I'm coming from. But I said, you know, I'm looking for mentorship and leadership in a kitchen, you know. And I I haven't really found that at my job. Um, he is smart, man. He's been a chef for a long time, and he, I, I want him to teach me numbers. He's really good at crunching numbers. Right. Um, so I'm trying to get that get that leadership from him. And the only way he's going to be able to take me under his wing. And teach me that stuff is if I prove to him that um I handle all the other stuff and nobody has any complaints about me, which um I'm working towards that and people seem to be happy with me just uh being uh being bland and plain. And I mean that works. Sometimes um, you just gotta do so that. So as long as I just keep my head down and shut up and just uh don't try to teach anybody anything and just uh kinda just let people uh, suck.
1: Yeah. Uh, just do you.
0: It's, that's um, Yeah, I'm tired of trying. So, uh, whatever. Collect my paycheck and do my podcast and be on my way. <laughs> all right. Um, so, I do want to uh, say congratulations to Johnny. He is uh, having a baby. Yes,
1: I know. My lady was like, that's something I should have announced, but it's cool. Oh, when did, what do you mean you did announce it? <laughs> no, she said I should have said it on air. Oh, well, you didn't say it. I said it. I know. It's too late I said
0: congratulations. It's all good. Well, I'm do, not you, do you want to say it?
1: I'm having a baby. <laughs> It'll be a boy. due this August. I'm very excited.
0: Yeah, we've been kind of hush hush. He wanted to tell everybody his family and coworkers and friends and stuff before we uh, told the people, all our fans. But uh,
1: yeah, you also want to get to a certain point where you know it's not gonna, you know, be anything bad like a miscarriage or anything like that. So we waited till 20 weeks, and yeah, so now we found out we're gonna have a boy in August, and uh, we are over the moon and ready to. Get this little man out. Look at you, have some fun. You're adulting, man. I guess you, so. You like, started a new job that you're
0: really excited about, which I'm I'm proud of you. You really wanted to work bad with that chef and you went out there and you got it.
1: Yep.
0: Will you fix your microphone? Is it wrong? Turn it down. Like, er, er. Yeah. Done it the other way, opposite way. Yeah, that way. Oh, okay. Um, and you're buying a house. Yep.
1: And you're having a child. Yep. Uh, when are you going to put a ring on it? Uh, hopefully next year. Right now we're just <laughs> focusing on all the crazy shit that's going on right now. Yeah, putting them on blast. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah, uh, I want to thank uh,
0: Chef uh, Aaron Baker from belton Hospitality Group for coming on the show last week. I liked that episode. Yeah, what that was think? fun. It was yeah. good. It was good. Uh, I have a meeting with him tomorrow. Do you want to come with me? Uh, I'm busy. I'm working. At 6. We're going to try to set up. I think we're going to do a live podcast or at least go get some information about uh, Uh, Samick. That SUV? Yeah, the SUV machine. Yeah, for sure. Uh, So they're going to be in town. So I look forward to that. Uh, we post information about them online. We always say we're going to post some information online. We never do.
1: Yeah, we'll uh, see. I, I'm working tomorrow night until around 6, so. Yeah, so we're going to try to bust this one out pretty quick. Uh, Johnny, you wanted to start? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to touch loosely on um, an article that Eater came out with on uh, March 15th, so earlier this week, uh, talking about Lucky Peach and how it is closing. Uh, I know that there was a lot of um, through the grapevine stuff going around and people were wondering what was going on. I know last May they had mentioned something about them splitting. Um, but yeah, so now it's official. They just laid off their entire workforce um, on Monday. Yeah, so it's pretty crazy. It was really uh I really liked that magazine. Uh it was really hard to find it though. It uh, was hard to find. They didn't have that many issues and it was kind of expensive for a subscription. Yeah. How much was it? I wanna say it was like 30 dollars for like four issues. Yeah, every I mean I, I have a couple at my house. They're it's a really
0: great Magazine. I yeah. mean, it looks good. The paper's great. Uh, the articles in it—they always have really good. Uh, uh, what would you call them? Guest journalists or yeah. guest writers? Food writers. It won a couple James Beard Awards for you know best food publication and whatnot. We're gonna get. Th- we're gonna get there. <laughs> we we missed the uh, we missed the submission date. Uh, for our podcast oh, to really? be on there. It'd have been nice because uh, we'd have got our, our, you know, put our uh, hat in the circle yeah, or for sure, hat People in the ring. And, checked and, us out. Yeah, and they would have checked us out and they would have gave us some feedback. Well, uh, next time we'll, do, we'll make sure.
1: We yeah, next it. year we need to be on time. Um, so do you know what happened? Yeah, so basically, um, if you don't know about Lucky Peach, they started in 2011 and um, it's a publication by Peter Meehan and uh, Momofi Fuco founder David Chang, um, started off as an app, and with a with a I guess a seasonal publishing. So they came out with like one issue every season, uh, f- so four for the year. And um, then it spawned off the Mind of a Chef. So if you've ever seen that on PBS or on Netflix, it's uh, where they follow a local sh- or not a local chef, but a chef, and they you know do fun stuff, teach you some recipes, yada yada. You know it was pretty cool for the first couple of seasons. So well. If you haven't watched Mind of a Chef, first of all, push pause on this podcast and
0: go watch Mind of a Chef. Uh, At least
1: season one and two. Season
0: one, we've talked about it on the show before. Season one is amazing. Yeah. It's season a lot of fun. two was cool. Uh the, the reviews on season
1: three, which I have not watched, I haven't either are really bad. Yeah, you know, I think they're just trying to push for something that is kind of, you know, well, been done. Basically, yeah, and that's what they're saying. They're
0: saying that it's this, you know, same, same old show. Nothing. It's not evolving into anything new. Yeah. And you kind of blew your load with the first two seasons, and now the third season. It's like, okay, we saw the first two seasons show us something new, mm-hmm. and they
1: haven't. So, um, yeah, I, I was not aware that it spawned from uh, Lucky Peach. Neither did I. But I guess what um, what happened, we'll just finish. This up real quick is uh, they were with uh, McSweeney's publication, and what they separated from them. And I guess David Chang and um, Meany just couldn't get on the same page because Meany was a publicist and David Chang was a chef. So they had two separate views on what should be published into the magazine. Um, So, yeah, they decided that they were going to separate. Uh, I guess the way that Meehan was... um, letting the viewers and the listeners and the uh, readers know was kind of petty. He was saying like it was, they were going through a divorce or something like that. He's like, children, we've been meaning to talk to you about this for (laughs) a little bit and all this stuff. Wasn't everybody on edge? They kind of knew something was happening. Yeah, they knew something was happening. And so now it's official and it's unfortunate, but, uh, you know, hopefully they can figure out something new. They're looking at other ventures and other people to help. Are they keeping the website? I am not sure. The, the articles I've read on it hasn't said anything. They basically they've said that they're just shutting down all operations. All,
0: all operations. Yeah.
1: Publications, yeah. internet. That sucks because that internet, I mean, that website is awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. They have one more issue come or one issue coming out in April, and I think their last one will be May. It's kind of it's kind of like all alternative cooking
0: indie DIY yeah. cooking publication. Um, it's an amazing thing. They kind of think outside right. the lines. And if you uh watch mine, there's Chef season one, you'll kind of you can kind of see the similarities yeah, between the magazine um, and the website. Uh, with David Chang, so that's I never put two and two together.
1: Yeah, they kind of said it was a spoof on um, Bon Appétit, you know, bon Appetit. which is kind of like the fancy style book, and they were trying to do something like that, but a little bit more, I guess you do could do say, it dirty. Yeah, rustic, you know, something yeah. for the the regular people and the cooks in the industry and stuff like that to get behind. So, yeah, you know, it's unfortunate to see it go, but uh, I hope that they can figure something out for the future. R.I.P so yeah so what's next uh how long on that steak mister um i'm about to start slicing thank you sir what kind of what kind of steak you got coming up you know, right now I have that hanger steak. <laughs> <laughs> that regular. That regs,
0: regs. Um, yeah, so uh, we've been, uh, we, you know, we're moving into the future. And just like the website and the, the magazine shutting down, we're moving into the future, you know. Uh, tech in the kitchen is a big thing mm-hmm. uh, these days. Uh, you know, we talked last week with uh, Chef Aaron about the new Samic Suvi uh, water bath system they got. Um, it's, I, I looked it up on the Internet, and it's, it's really, really cool. And we, yeah, you know, we, d- cool. we talk about Chef Steps a lot here, which is located in Pike Place Market in Seattle. Um, and all the things they're doing with technology in the kitchen. Some of it's good, some of it's bad. Um, I don't know where I stand on this subject we're going to be talking about next. But uh, there is a new burger flipping robot oh. um, that a company by the name of Miso Robotics uh, has put out.
1: Um, and I'm like, is that offensive or not? What, Miso Robotics? Yeah, because, uh, I mean, it kind of correlates directly to... Asian people it's it's a it's a Japanese um, it's a Japanese company Um, let me look it up real quick I find it interesting interesting that they decided to use that name for their company
0: what me, I know. That I thought about that too. Uh, it, what does it have to do with? I'm, you don't know. I don't know too much about uh, the robotics company. I just read an article about um, the actual robots, but um, yeah, I don't. I believe the company is from Japan, and. They um, have invented a robot that uh, flips burgers, yeah. um, and right now it's 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 only in its testing phase um, in the laboratory in the laboratories and Cali mm-hmm. Uh Cali I don't. They have hundreds and hundreds of uh, locations. Um, I know they were banned from the United States for a couple of years because they were sued by In and Out Burger. Yeah, and basically that's exactly what they did. They wanted to make a burger that was exactly like in and out Burger. In-N-Out Burger is a uh, West Coast um, kind of old school diner style. Yeah, like a surfer. Yeah, um, it, it's my favorite fast food burger. It's uh, all right. It well, Come on. It, it, it literally is the <laughs> It's best. just a basic ass burger. There's nothing special about it. Yeah, um, it is a Japanese robotics company. But right now, I think that's the only thing it, it has is the... No, it's not a Japanese... Ro- company (laughs) I don't know where it's at It doesn't have anything. Um, But, yeah, so they're working with Cali Burger, and Cali Burger was out of the United States because they had basically stole uh, kind of the plans for In-N-Out Burger and just duplicated, replicated it and opened up uh, their own place. Uh, And In-N-Out is very strict on where they open up locations at. Uh, So they opened up uh, a bunch of Cali Burgers overseas in Japan and Korea and in Europe and stuff, Uh, but they plan on having 50 – uh, of these um, uh, burger flipping robots. Uh, the robot is called Flippy. And uh, they expect to have 50 installed worldwide by 2019. Um, it says it cooks burgers to perfection every time. Now, how do you think it does that, Johnny?
1: Uh, I'm sure that it has some sort of heat sensor or something like that. Maybe if it, like a uh internal thermometer so uh, so it knows where it when that medium that medium rare medium is coming up yeah it has multiple cameras on it and
0: sensors uh both heat and thermal uh cameras and sensors um it also has some super high-tech uh ai cooking software no. so not is it's just a robot but it's a uh, self-thinking uh it's self-aware you know it knows what's going on um it also says that it um you don't have to ask it to move out of the way. It knows when other cooks are coming around and it automatically moves uh, its arm if they're reaching across. You know, you don't have to tell it behind. It knows you're coming behind them. That's cool. Which is kind of cool. Um, it also takes about five minutes to install when you get there. <laughs> Must be idiot proof. Put then. together. Um, yeah. And they're not billing it as a... Um, they're, it's, they're not billing it as a way to replace your workers in the kitchen. They're billing it as a, a kitchen assistant. Mm. Um, it's not a human replacement. Think of it as like a third hand. That's cool. So it's somebody that watches the grill for you uh, while you're taking care of other stuff. And they're, you know, I think they're they're saying that because they don't want
1: they want people to be accepting of it. Yeah, of course. But in, and I mean, in the future, you could imagine that these will just be all over the place taking over, which is fine. You know, it it frees people up to try and uh, secure different employment in the food industry and, you know, try and raise the ranks and whatnot so they can focus on being like managers and stuff.
0: Well, I mean, what's going to happen now is everything's going to be automated. You know, you come in, you order your burger, Mm -hmm. you know, you order your food through a machine and then the robots get to work. Yeah. The problem is, is that um, if you work in the restaurant industry, right, and you are a tech, right? So you have to work on the computer systems. You have to work on the kitchen equipment and stuff like that. Are you still a cook? Are you still in the restaurant industry?
1: Mm, Probably not because you're not actually cooking and, you know, gaining those skills of becoming adept to, you know, flipping burgers. Because, you know, there's a lot of people who can't flip burgers perfectly. And there's a lot of people who can
0: yeah, I mean, people get catch a lot of flack for being a burger flipper, which is kind of they say is a derogatory term because that's they're saying that's all you know how to do. I mean, you start somewhere. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's a you know, and eventually you, you hope to move up. Yeah. You know, it's one of those entry level entry level jobs. Yeah. I buy. I think most definitely that it's much harder to be a dishwasher than it is to be a burger flipper. Definitely. You know, uh, more multitasking skills. But at the same time,
1: um, if a robot can do I, I mean, I don't, I don't know how I feel about this. I mean, half the things in fast food kitchens are already automated anyway. So, you know, like at McDonald's when they put their fries in, there's a timer that pulls up the fryer basket. So you don't have to. Or the salt for you. Yeah, you know, it doesn't. I mean, it all does that stuff unless you're working at a, you know, um, a non what's the word, franchise, I guess you could say, that's large, like McDonald's or Burger King or something like that, you're probably doing things a little bit more a la minute, but... Well, it just, I mean, the thing about it is, is like, if you like cooking, you're interested in cooking,
0: it's just like me. Right. I miss working in the kitchen. I love working on a hotline. Right. The stress, the, you know, the cooking, the, the camaraderie. I really enjoy all that. But you, if, if, you, if you're if you passionate about it and you want to get out of it and you want to do something different, you have to find other avenues. Yeah, for you sure. know, and uh, I started working at Honey Hole because I really liked the place um, and I wanted to learn how they, they, they made their meat and how they did all their curing. And I, I wanted to learn their operation because I was interested. But I also uh, created this podcast because um, I was still interested in fine dining and casual dining. And I wanted to talk to people in all uh, facets of the industry. Mm-hmm. I had a conversation with my friend, Adrian, Adrian Mowbray. Uh, he found a way to stay within the restaurant industry without being on the hotline and working uh, you know, 60 hours a week. He uh, got a company working for uh, one of the... Um, like, uh, what do you call the computer systems that they run? Uh, Like Dynaware. Okay. So now he works with DinoWare. And so he goes into restaurants and he works with the managers or the cooks and figures out what will help them with the computer system of how to more efficiently um, ring in orders. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's just another way you can stay in the industry. And uh, I don't know if I look at this as a bad thing because it's going to happen just like sous vide machines. You know, they're coming in and it gives the people a whole new perspective on how what is cooking.
1: Yeah. I mean, but on the other aspect, before we wrap this up, I see how it could be an issue for people who need those types of jobs. Like that's the only job that they can have or they can find or get and they have no ambition to be in the food industry. They just need to make a paycheck so that they can pay their bills. So you're looking at it as, as, as the from the perspective of just needing a job, yeah. an entry level,
0: uh, like if you don't have a diploma. Exactly. And something that you can do with, with you know, no real education or...
1: I wouldn't say with no real education, but something that, you know, that put, that puts food on the table, you know, and there's, also a lot of jobs like that. It's
0: also, I, but I think flipping burgers is a
1: perfect job, a summer job for a kid that's in
0: school or college, you know, it's low stress. And, uh, I don't know. I just don't know how this is going to work. Um, I wonder if we're going to be getting this, uh, this robot installed here at the, um, Cali burger and, um, UW out on the university district. i mm-hmm. to check it out. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe we'll keep you informed if we uh, see it and uh, read more about it. We'll let you guys know. Uh, before we went to our go to our ingredient of the week, uh, we just wanted to touch base on this uh, pop-up dinner uh, that happened over in Sid- Sydney mm-hmm. on Bondi beach. Um, it's just another example of uh, how pop-up dinners can go terribly wrong. Yeah, for sure. I know that me and Johnny have talked about doing a pop-up dinner here for uh grow How long steak, mister. Uh, we thought it'd be fun. But a lot of times, anything that can go wrong will go wrong at a pop-up dinner. It's a lot more stress than it's worth. Well, I know in your mind, your mind's eye, you see it going beautiful. You mm-hmm. have like 30 people there. It's all served. You know, everything comes out at the same time. It's all it's all hot and everybody has a wonderful experience. You get to do pairings. You get to be creative. But, uh just like, uh, you know, this, uh, this epic fail out at Bondi beach. Uh, so basically, uh, they held an event on the beach. It was uh, built as a, uh, movable feast and catered by Australian celebrity chef, Luke Mag- mangan. Um, and each guest paid around $165 for a ticket, uh, the guests say that the pop-up was disor- a disorganized disaster, had them standing in line for hours to get bottles of wine that they had prepaid for. Mm. Who the fuck, sh- they make you wait in a line to they get- They should have just had those set up at tables. Exactly. You know, your seat cards. Yeah. It probably was just really disorganized. Um, some of the people that were there said they weren't even fed at all. They uh, never got, some people across the way got their food, but they never got their food. How does that happen? Um, they compared the meals to uh, air airline food. Uh, Yeah. And this is just like, this isn't even a pop-up dinner. They're trying to say that this is a pop-up dinner, but it's kind of organized like an event planning dinner. Yeah. Like a barbecue at the beach. Exactly. Where they take a hell of money. Uh, They basically were like, this was a glorified picnic. They showed up expecting one thing and they got another and they got ripped off. Really, really, really bad. So it seems like, um, yeah. Some people said that they waited so long for their for their food, they just went ahead and ordered pizza. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so I don't know. I've been seeing more and more pop. The reason why I want to talk about this because I've been seeing more and more pop ups around town, and it's hard to uh, figure out which ones are legit and which ones are not legit. Um, I know that there's ones going on this Monday, and it's the third um i don't know johnny talk for a second while i look this up real quick (laughs) tell me your thoughts on this uh story
1: i mean it's it kind of seems weird i'm looking at pictures of what they what the people who actually did get food got and it says a bread roll with olive oil is not a course that's true um To call something baked custard implies it was baked and contained custard, tasted like rice. Slicing a single prawn in half does not mean the dish contains prawns, plural. Uh, It kind of seems like, yeah, they kind of just scrape the bottom of the barrel and just try to give... Feed you whatever. Yeah, feed you whatever they had. And they probably didn't have enough food because they didn't think about how many people actually rsvp would It seems like a complete disaster. Yeah, they said it was way oversold. And yeah, that's kind
0: of why I wanted to bring this topic up is because there's a lot of pop-ups we see around town and we don't cover them here on Grow Long Steak, Mr. because uh, unless it's one of our friends and we know they're legit, you know, we won't talk about it. But um I actually saw this one. It's called uh, Dinner and a DJ, uh, Volume 3. Uh, so this is our third one it's an Italian pop up and it's being held uh next Monday at 7 um it's at
1: Ciu Dad I don't know what this place is at You Dad You Dad uh, That's a new Matt Dillon and friends place um, I think it's the one in Pioneer Square that took over Barcaiore. Okay, yeah, that is the place. Uh, but the music is by a guy named Blue-Eyed Soul
0: a DJ, who I've heard of, but I don't know. But the dinner uh, menu was created by Darkalino, who, if I am correct, I'm not positive, but I believe Darkalino is actually... Um, God, what's his last name? The owner of Alive and Well and oh, Fats really? Chicken and Waffles. Oh, Marcus, uh, Lurano, Lou, whatever. I I, he's, he said he was going to come on the show. And then Chef Aaron Willis. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the people are doing pop-ups all the time. Um, so we just want to give you guys a heads up that, you know, just because it's fancy and it's on Bondi Beach doesn't mean it's going to be an amazing experience. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, and we'll get right into uh, ingredient of the week. Jahani uh, chose black eyed peas.
1: Yum. Do you want to go first, my friend? Yeah, I'll go first. Uh, So what I was going to do is a recipe that I've been um, testing out with my chef for the new restaurant. And it is a black eyed pea fritter. Um, it's pretty fun. You Basically what you do is you take um, black eyed peas and you soak them overnight. I did about 300 grams, so about a cup and a half. Um, you soak them overnight, make sure they're nice and plump. And then what you do is you put them in um, a food processor or a roboku with shallot, garlic. Uh, I put a little Serrano chili in mine as well as some smoked paprika. Uh, I did about... I'd say 35 to 55 grams of um, cornmeal. Uh, We use the nice white cornmeal grits from South Carolina. And uh, you know, you just blitz that up, Uh, sorry. I forgot to say, don't put your cornmeal in the food processor, that comes later. <laughs> so you blitz your your um, black-eyed peas, your shallots, your garlic, your serranos, all the stuff you want inside to flavor it um, in the food processors till it's a nice paste with a little bit of olive oil and water. After that, you'll let it sit in the fridge for about an hour. Then you'll take it out and fold in your cornmeal mixture and then after that you're ready to scoop and fry. You fry it in a fryer at about 350 degrees and it kinda is, tastes like um, a savory hush puppy. Uh, they puff up really, really big. You can serve it with jam or honey or something like that. They they were super tasty. Um, make sure your fryer oil is clean and try not to scoop them too big because the bigger it is the harder yeah. it is to fry to and make sure the outside is will cooked. be darker yeah and the inside will be doughy but um it was super good no flour used you know it's a really cool thing to um test out and try my chef really really enjoyed it he thought it was delicious um it was cool to have him give me you know his okay and his like yeah that was dope you know because uh It makes you feel inspired to keep on doing those sorts of things. That's right. Keep trying weird things. Yeah. Uh. Uh, But yeah, so that's my recipe for the ingredient of the week.
0: All right. uh, For black-eyed peas, I'm going to make kind of like a ghetto southern uh, shepherd's pie. Um, So basically, yeah, you're going to do like Johnny, you're going to soak your black-eyed peas overnight. You're going to pull them out. Uh, You're going to get two bay leaves. You're going to do some spicy seasoning. You can do this kind of any way you want. I would probably use a little bit of chili. I don't know. A teaspoon of chili powder, a tablespoon of um, cayenne pepper, uh, maybe some, I don't know, like, Grab some green onions, um, half of a white onion, diced, uh, two pats of butter, tablespoon of flour, um, and some salt. And then you're going to get a cast iron pan. You're going to heat it up real hot. You're going to toss your butter in there. You're going to toss your—oh, yeah, you need some garlic, too. Uh, Toss your garlic and your onions in there. Uh, Saute them, I guess, uh, at least till they're translucent. I like some color on mine. Um, And then you're going to toss in your black black eyed peas and your green onions. Um, you're going to stir them around add about four cups of water um, you're going to cook it for about 30 minutes. Uh, actually while they're cooking in that cost iron pan you're going to make some cornbread. You want to turn your oven on about 350 you want to grab um, a cup of cornmeal yellow cornmeal, teaspoon baking soda, uh, half teaspoon salt, um, two cups of buttermilk, one egg and a uh, uh, melt about two tablespoons of uh, butter down. Um, And then you're going to throw that all into a bowl, mix it up uh, with a fork or a whisk. And then once those black-eyed peas get done uh, cooking, you're going to pour the corn... uh, uh, cornbread mixture right over top of the black eyed peas mm. in that same cast iron pan and then you're going to toss it in the oven for about 30 minutes pull it out let it cool um, and then just slice it into wedges and pull it out and uh, the black eyed peas are going to be nice and congealed um, like kind of like a pie pie slice sounds good yeah I've done it before with some other stuff, not with black eyed peas, but, uh, I don't know. I'm a big fan of like one pot cooking. Oh yeah. For Uh, sure. My girl is always getting mad at me. She's like, can't you leave everything separate? Why do you got to toss it in the same pan? I'm like, it's just easier. I know it looks like crap, but it tastes delicious. (laughs) So, um, yeah. Quick and easy episode. Uh, that was episode, uh, 65 of Grill Hall on Steak Mister. Uh, once again, I want to say congratulations to Johnny. uh, putting a baby up in it (laughs) yeah I'm tired Johnny you look tired. I am. I'm very tired. Uh, yeah, I want to thank everybody for uh, listening to our podcast. Uh, we're going to try to get Alton Brown in here next week. So everybody wish us luck. Cross your fingers when you listen to this. He's coming to the Paramount next week. Uh, tickets aren't that expensive. I think they start at $35. Uh, they go, they, the highest they go to is like $65. Uh, he's talking about food and science. Uh, I'm going to send, send him an email here. Um, I want to thank... Studio212 for uh, letting us record here. I want to thank the Soundcasting Network for hosting our podcast. And um, yeah, visit us on our uh, social medias. It's going to be Girl How Long Steak Mister at Facebook and Instagram. If you do listen to the podcast and you haven't liked our page, please go to it and like it. Um, if you subscribe to us on iTunes or Google Play, please rate us and review us. Um, I don't care if it's a bad rating or a good rating. Just rate us and uh, write a review. Tell us we suck or say thanks a lot. Most of the feedback we've got been getting is pretty good, but uh, we're always trying to get better. Um, right. I don't know. Maybe Johnny's trying to get worse, but <laughs> I'm trying to get better. Um, Social medias, uh, also uh, email us, mister at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram at Bobby Stills. Johnny? Uh, Johnny Toonami.
1: On the gram? On the gram. Yeah. I'm not on much other social media, so. Yeah, anything else, Johnny? Nope, just stay up and uh, yeah, give us some email so we can get back to y'all and you know see what you feel. Yeah, everybody out there, keep
0: grinding and uh, try to go out and eat once a week, man, and, and go to a place you've never been. Go to one of the rare—that's uh, my tip of the week. Go to some place that's foreign, uh, that you can't read what the sign says on the door. Yeah, well, and just walk in and don't order off the menu. Ask them to make make you whatever they have. Um, chances are they're going to make you something fire off the menu. For sure. So, uh, yeah, uh, thanks for listening, and uh, tune in next week, all right? Peace. Grill, how long steak mister?
1: Five minutes out. Eat a dick, bitch.